Hey, what it do, what it do, what it do, it's ya boy Q, and welcome back to my corner, where anybody and everybody is welcome, we got plenty of space anywhere from the front to the back, feel free to kick back, relax, drink some, smoke some, whatever's your pleasure, whatever's clever, it's been a very busy last couple weeks, and I know, I know the stream schedule has been like very hectic lately, I appreciate all of y'all still showing up, showing out. Still a couple more weeks of having this little hectic schedule here. We're going to have these afternoon streams on Monday and Wednesday for a couple weeks. And then. And then. And then is going to come time that we cut back our streaming schedule again. Look, I stream way too much. Um, realistically, I really kind of need to cut back. I need to get back to really diversifying my content. Finds, you know, something that I really kind of want to start pushing again as far as on the YouTube, get more consistent with other content, whether that be TikTok clips, whether that be working on new podcasts or other adventures that we've got going on, bringing back on Q Sports. There's a lot of things that I could be doing, but I'm not because I'm just stuck on only going live. That whole thing that we always talk about, about simply showing up punching a clock and hoping to, you know, blow up at some point. Basically, that's what I've been doing. So, um, we're going to be kind of taking a step back, reevaluating some things. That's part of the reason I've been taking this time as far as while Weevil's got training going on for work and being, being able to try out like a new time as far as being live on Monday and Wednesday. That's been part of it. So, so with that being said, I've uh, kind of been contemplating taking Apex and making it like an offline game. Or at least, like, minimalizing how much I'm playing it on stream. Mostly just because it's very saturated right now on Twitch. And um, I just kind of want to get back to doing other things. I'm actually super excited to give Scavengers a try this Wednesday with the link in the past. It looks really interesting with, like, a really good mix of PvP as well as PvE. From a couple of people that I've talked to that played in the closed beta of it, they said that it was really good. I'm hoping that it's as good as I'm, like, hyping it up to be in my head. Uh, I'm hoping that it's, like, as good of a game as it looks like, and it's not just because the gaming scene is a little stale right now, and I'm dying for, like, something new to really sink my teeth into. Which, in all honesty, is, I think, part of the reason that I've gotten really addicted to Apex lately. Um, Y'all know I didn't start this, you know, streaming adventure on a PC. We were playing on Xbox, and when we did get this PC built, um, I got lazy with Paladins because I couldn't play mouse and keyboard like I could, you know, when I was playing on controller. So I just plugged my controller in. Basically, I had no discipline, right? Um, but now I have this opportunity with Apex, even though I'm starting late. You know, I did start in Season 8. I, I wasn't a day one player like you see a lot of people playing or people who's joined in in the first couple of seasons. I'm still, you know, very wet behind the ears. But I've been having fun taking on the challenge of learning a shooter for mouse and keyboard, not just because it's a new challenge, but because I know that that's a skill set that as a content creator, I'm going to want to have for future games coming out. Uh, now, it is nice as far as with, you know, I did talk about how the gaming scene was kind of stale right now. We do have some uh, exciting announcements to talk about um, that we've had come up since the last time I recorded an episode. Uh, we have a new season coming to Apex here in a couple weeks, as well as a new champion coming to Apex soon. 
Uh, Valkyrie looks like it's going to be really fun. It looks like there's going to be some new dynamics to the game. I'm really excited about it. But honestly, I think the, the most intriguing thing that could be extremely game-changing, uh, no pun intended, by the way, is the new 3v3 mode that they announced for Apex. Like, let's just think about it. It's going to bring in a whole new player base of people who maybe don't like the Battle Royale scene, but do like the thoughts of a champion shooter, and they now get to try a new version of that. You know, I think it's also going to make it to where the game's a little bit more new player friendly if they don't want to go into a battle royale to learn the different guns and stuff. They do have the option to try that in this different mode, depending on what it offers. It does look like it's going to be, you know, similar to like a, I guess you can call it like a Valorant CSGO where you buy things and upgrade your items in between rounds. So it's not super like new player friendly, but I think it is more friendly than waiting for a match just to have only one life. At least you can try a couple different things. But I think what's really interesting when we talk about the new game mode in Apex, EA is doing something that we haven't really seen before. And that's going from a battle royale game to basically launching any other type of mode off of that game like if you think about it it's really almost always the other way around right i mean cod was around for i mean eons before there was a war zone paladins was around before realm royale for those of you guys that may be familiar with high res and i mean even fortnite one of the most probably i mean undeniably the biggest battle royal that we've seen um, had their save the world mode or whatever it's called like forever before there was actually the battle royale so if EA can pull this off they're really going to be setting themselves apart from all the other big titles out there right now and during a stale time like we've talked about with the complacency we've seen from like bigger companies in the industry, this might be enough to get other developers to really step their games up. <laughs> and I'm totally here for it. I can't wait. Now, we do also have a new chapter coming to DVD. We do, of course, have the five-year anniversary event coming out as well. So we knew for a while now that, you know, obviously the five-year anniversary is, was coming up. and we kind of figured that behavior had to have something special up their sleeve for the, the anniversary event because that was the last time we saw a big license killer with Pyramid Head last year, right around the four-year anniversary mark. And I do think that the Resident Evil chapter could be really big for the franchise. However, I've also got a lot of worries about it. And as much as I still think that DVD is in this place where they don't really have a true competitor as far as in their genre of like an asymmetric like survival game, right? I mean, we've seen some other games pop up. The most recent one that seems to be catching a little bit of steam would be Home Sweet Home Survive. But I mean, even that is... is I mean, DVD is light years ahead of it. Not just with how it plays and how it feels, 
But you've also got the fact that Dead by Daylight has all these, you know, very familiar names, these familiar survivors, these familiar killers through the licensing. It brings a whole bunch of like horror core like fandoms together for one game, which is really why DBD has kind of had a monopoly in that space, if you think about it. However, if you look around as far as that Dead by Daylight scene, a lot of people are noticing that sense of staleness, that sense of, are we really pushing the mold? You're seeing, you know, people starting to branch off and playing more games and saying that they feel like it's really become repetitive. And I can definitely understand that. I mean, even just looking at what they like consider like the meta of, you know, DVD, right? Like the, I know that there isn't really a competitive scene, but there is an underground competitive scene in their meta killers. and. Most of those are not any of the killers that have been released. I mean, really in the last almost two and a half years. I mean, really the last killer to be released that was truly strong. Now, of course, the nightmare was not strong when he was first released. But when we look back at the Family Residence DLC with the spirit, Every killer that they have released since then, you really don't see played that much. Whether it be because they aren't that strong, or because the community as a whole kind of understands that playing against those killers, especially at a very high level of play, is basically absolutely abysmal to play against. It just feels, it feels horrible, right? I mean, we can just look down the list since the spirit the legion might be if not is arguably the worst killer in the game the plague has i think a spot in the game but is not played very often because her because her her set is very unique and i wouldn't say she is overwhelmingly strong although i do think she is very strong when she is played effectively ghostface Again, has his place really in like the more like mid-tier level play, but once you get to survivors who know what they're doing and understand how to break them out, understand how to loop, Ghostface doesn't really have enough in his arsenal to keep up at that level of play. Um, the Demogorgon, really a, I mean, honestly a strong killer. I just think most people don't understand his skill set, so they don't use them. You could say the same thing with Oni, really. But then we've got the Death Slinger. And the the executioner, Pyramid Head, who are two killers that really I feel I mean Pyramid Head's played quite a bit, but it's kind of known in the community that against Death Slinger there really isn't much you can do, uh, especially when you add on things like monitor and abuse that make it so you really don't even hear him until he's within shooting range. Um, he's basically a a spirit, but he can't lock down the chase and finish it as fast as say the spirit of the nurse but you it's you can't loop a, a strong death slinger it's it's just not possible and same thing with an executioner you know his m2 ability really gives you guaranteed hits at many spots where you shouldn't have them windows pallets etc and then the last three killers um i i don't know if we want to call them really the covid killers because of when they were released and such. But I mean, the blight 
only just recently became super playable because it took them forever to fix his FOV. However, we are starting to see more blights in the game, and I think he's a very fun killer to both play against and play as, so hopefully we see him maybe start to be shifted into the meta a little bit more now that they fixed his FOV. But the Twins chapter was just, I mean, a catastrophe in its own. It was basically a chapter that felt like it was not complete when they released it. Um, it's a killer that basically promotes camping and slugging. It just, it does not feel good to play against the Twins. You could even say the same thing against Trickster, really, although Trickster is not very strong. So it's been some time since we've had a chapter of one, I think, that brings a killer to the game that feels very fair and balanced and fun to play against. And we haven't even seen a new map since Pyramid Head was released back in June of last year. Previously, we had seen a new map released in Dead by Daylight every like three to five months. And we're coming up on a year. We don't even know if they have like any plans for a new map. I would, I, I mean, I would hope so. I, I mean, for an anniversary chapter, you would hope so, especially with a licensed chapter as well. So obviously, I'm not giving up hope there. But again, there's. There's just been so much that's been going on lately, right? You had the server desync a couple months ago. You continue to have issues as far as what feels like a hit and what is actually a hit at pallets and things. I just feel like this could be a very... This can be a very bad chapter to mess up if they manage to screw it up as far as for Dead by Daylight. I think that they're still going to gain a fandom as far as... because. Resident Evil is a very popular horror title, so they're naturally going to bring in more people. People are going to come back and at least give the game a chance if they haven't been playing it recently. But if Dead by Daylight, like, messes around and screws up this, this next chapter, I think Dead by Daylight and its community could be in for a huge awakening. At the end of the day, though, we're going to continue playing like a collection of games over on our channel on Twitch. I'm really enjoying the creative freedom that we have right now by not being locked to a particular game. And that's also why it's like super important and why I really need to focus on like branching out my content, not just strictly focus on gaming. We have an amazing community that we're building here. And like the community is built off the vibe that we share collectively as a community of gamers. And it doesn't matter what game we're playing. I mean, we could be playing Paladins together. A couple of us could be playing Apex. I could, you know, be getting scared crazy in, you know, some horror game or playing Among Us and having fun. Um, and like, honestly, I could try and tell y'all how amazing that is, but it's like truly indescribable. And I could never thank y'all enough for that. Especially as I continue to see people who, like, I've either been in the trenches with when it comes to this very, very tough industry to break into, or even people that, like, I've looked up to, or, like, even people I've seen as, like, white rabbits, if you understand that term when it comes to, like, the business thing. Um, and seeing, you know, those people deciding that this venture is no longer for them. And first off, like, I don't want that to sound as, like, a knock on anyone who starts this venture and decides that it isn't for them, because it, it really isn't for everyone. Although I really do believe, and I'll continue to stand on this thought until the day I die, that I do believe that anyone with the right mind frame and, like, the right student mentality can find themselves a lane in this industry. But it really does take, like, a never-say-die mentality, because it is a roller coaster. Like, 
statistically when it comes to results, viewership, all that stuff, emotionally, mentally. I, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'm just too stubborn to know how to quit. But like, honestly, it's that stubbornness that has allowed me to do a lot in my life, whether it be musically, professionally. But like, when I think back about it, realistically, I think what I learned most when it comes to like the link of persistence and perseverance to success, it definitely has to be as far as like my personal experience, it has to be athletically. You know, I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast and as well as, you know, on stream, but it's not a big talking point. But for people who don't know, I did play basketball up and into college. And when it came to sports and like, especially basketball, I was never like a highly recruited player. I mean, I was good at the game of basketball. Don't get me wrong, but like, there's a reason that I had to walk on in college, right? Like, honestly, when I look back at it, like I knew I wasn't a superstar, but I also knew that I was able to outwork talent when talent wasn't working hard. And like, that was my shtick, right? Like I was the blue car, like I was the blue collar, like hard nosed player to a T. I mean, especially in college, you know, I was the player that could play just about any position and I would legit in a single weekend, I would go from guarding Kaskaski as all conference linemen that played post in basketball. And that was like, had a good half a foot on me was twice the person that I was to guarding like the speedy, constantly moving point guard when we traveled to Greenville the next day. But my basketball like career or whatever it is you want to call it really taught me the importance of investing the time into a passion without seeing the instant gratification and results. I mean, when I think back about it, I was told I was going to be done playing like organized competitive basketball after middle school. And, you know, it was the hours upon hours of time in a gym, you know, putting up thousands of shots a day on my own without like a coach or anyone else like they're helping drive me. It even took like weeks of going to McKendree's open gyms with the basketball team my second semester of my senior year in high school to even like really get just a little bit of attention from the coaches in order to get an invite out for a scouting day where I'd eventually earn my invite to play for the team the following semester. And I've like tried to take that approach with everything that I do in life. Because I think that's important. And honestly, like, if you've made it this far into this episode of the podcast, like, straight up, if you're willing to have, like, the fair and honest conversations with yourself about a passion you have, where, like, if you're failing to grow or, you know, how you're failing to hit your mark. And as long as you can have, like, that good student mentality of, like, what can I do in order to cut the difference? And, and what do I got to do in order to get from where I'm at to where I want to be? And as long as like the goals that you have are like realistic, then I, I don't think that with that mindset, I don't think you're really able to fail in life as long as you, you know, again, are realistic and, and have that continued drive. And look, I know it gets tough out there, man. I do. I get that. It's hard to put in the hours that you have to put in in order to be successful at, I mean, anything that's worth being successful at, right? But that's why it's best to spend the time that we're given on the sphere that we call Earth, chasing your dreams and doing the things that you're passionate about. When I think about it, it actually was not too long ago I was sitting down with 
Weevil's parents over at their house. We were doing dinner over there and I was talking with her mom and she was, she always tries to be very invested and, and interested in what I'm doing as far as the content creation thing. Although I know as far as obviously like for like people my age, like their parents, it's a hard thing for them to understand because gaming like it just is still something so new, right? Especially like making a career out of gaming, even though that isn't really what we do as content creators. But it was during that conversation that I was able to really break down that even though there have been times in my life that I've been making a lot more money and working not nearly as hard, it makes it very easy to put in the hours and put in the grind into growing this community and what in this brand that we've got going here because I absolutely love doing it. So I definitely suggest that if you find something that you're passionate about to, to make that push, or if you find yourself that like you just aren't happy and you find that it's because you're going to work to do something that you don't like. And if you can find a way to make a living out of doing something that you're like, that you're truly passionate about, even if it means taking a pay cut for a little while, if it's attainable, I just, for me personally, I think that trade-off's worth it. Uh, on that note, though, I am going to get up out of here. Again, our goal with as far as this podcast, as far as Q's Corner, I want this to be something that like people can fit into their lunch break or maybe like taking the kids to school or on the way into or from work. I don't want these episodes to be super time and consuming because like I know that nowadays time is precious and I appreciate you guys tuning in this episode, keeping up with the boy. Of course, if you haven't stopped by the stream lately, we are still live over there quite a bit. I did say earlier we'll be readdressing that schedule here in a couple weeks. But as for now, we're live like five, six, sometimes seven days a week. Twitch.tv slash YoBoyQ. And of course, you can find me at just about any social media you can think of. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. We have gotten into TikTok, so I'd greatly appreciate if you could check us out over there. Also at YoBoyQ. And whatever platform that you are consuming the podcast on if you haven't already left your boy a review it would greatly i, I honestly i would greatly appreciate it really help your boy out um every time you leave a review let it, people know how awesome or even how much you hate the the podcast even really whatever whatever review you leave it still just helps us out as far as with the algorithm potentially gets our content in front of more people so taking just a couple minutes of your time would really help your boy out all right so until next time, though, for real, with everything crazy going on in the world today, be true, be you, be sincere, game hard and love harder. It's your boy Q, signing out.